Ah, Baruch Hashem Yahweh. Let's turn in our scriptures today to Corinthians Aleph, 1 Corinthians 14. Because taking a break from the Ezekiel, because we just returned back from Sukkot, and we had an amazing time, and of course, conversations abound. Many things came up that really, really just wanted me to, um, people wanted me to address um, the building and gathering anointing. So that's what I want to talk about today. This teaching is entitled, The Building and Gathering Anointing. Because when we see the scriptures, we clearly see that... The Moedim, the feasts of Yahuwah, are for regathering those from the nations. Regathering the exiles in. And with that comes, of course, the community and the dynamics of people coming from all over the globe. So that's been a really big change for us to see those things happening. So we just got back from celebrating the feast down at Kellogg Springs in southern Oregon. And people were either blessed or freaked out to witness tongues and Torah. What are you talking about? Tongues and Torah. Now, tongues, of course, are one of the most used and abused and counterfeited manifestations in the Bible. And... False doctrines do need to be addressed. They do need to be flushed out. They do need to be put on the chopping block. We've done this with Sunday, Sabbath. We've done this with Christmas and all of these pagan things. Is You have to look for these things in the Word, see if they are so, and if not, they go on the chopping block and we move into higher spiritual revelation. So this is no different. So with all of that, we realize that there is one thing that we are addressing when it comes to tongues and speaking in tongues, that we're not dealing with just a fleshly thing here. That tongues are in fact a spiritual manifestation that operate on a spiritual realm and then, when, then they pierce the fleshly realm. So yes, it is spiritual initially and then it pierces and actually changes the fleshly realm as well. It's supernatural. And if you're still adamant that tongues are not spiritual, but are natural human language, then um, that's all right too. That's all right too. We can still have fellowship. Because we just need to be balanced with our brethren and let people step into their measure. And there is a time and a season for all things. And I think weighing in the balance of the scripture with maturity and honesty is the most important thing to do. Because tongues can seemingly be proven a natural language and solely 
approaching it from the studious approach. You would go, oh, this is a natural language. They were gathered together at Shavuot, and there were people from all kinds of nations, and they spoke to them in their language. And you can approach the scriptures that way from a studious approach, and it would seemingly appear that way. But conversely, Tongues can seemingly be proven spiritual with the same studious approach. Because when I was in the Messianic movement, I studied documents after documents based upon the word that proved at that time, well, tongues are just speaking in a natural language. It's none of this gibberish that you hear in the Pentecostal movement. But then somebody else would present another teaching that would be just as studious with just as much paleo and Hebrew that would show, well, this is a spiritual manifestation that pierces the very veil of heaven and then can come down into the natural earthly realm and change the frequency and dynamic. What do you do? Well, I would weigh it with my walk and my experience and then I would also weigh that with other brethren in fellowship. We have to understand that many of the things that we encounter, people have misused and abused. Not only tongues, Sabbath, how to celebrate together in community. All of these things have been misused and abused. So we do need to re-examine it, but in balance, not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, but coming in with an approach with our eyes wide open and be willing to have differences in a community environment because people are coming in from different backgrounds. And not just to cast a brother off because he doesn't believe that speaking in tongues is supernatural. And then to cast another one off because he does. Surely, surely the Ruach HaKodesh is bigger than our limitations. So what I'm presenting today isn't that I'm stuck with this idea or that idea. I just want to present to you from my experiences, experiences that I've had with brethren over the years, and also witnessing people abusing and counterfeiting the very word of Yahuwah. And that's not just limited to tongues. Sabbath has been abused and counterfeited. Celebrating the feasts has been abused and counterfeited in 325 of the common era. It goes deeper and deeper and deeper. But Yahuwah wants more for his people. And it is not just to be limited to an academic approach. Does that make sense? So, what do we do? How can any of us come to the truth of the Ruach, the Spirit... And the topic of tongues without first overcoming our fears of it. Because like most of us, if we've grown up in the West, we've seen people abuse this manifestation. We need to step out in faith, overcome our, fa our fears, and rely on a balanced spiritual approach weighing out the matter. So, these things take time but they also take patience with one another. Because if we approach tongues through a solely natural fresh, um, fleshly approach and human eyes, then we'll not discern anything more and draw a slam dunk natural language conclusion. 
But the word says that we are to divide between flesh and spirit. Second Corinthians 10.3 For though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. So we have to understand principalities and that to approach this dynamic, we must also approach it not in our natural man, but supernaturally. How can you learn whether tongues are true without spiritual anointing, without spiritual faith, without spiritual discernment? Galatians 6.8 For he that soweth unto his own flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth unto the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap eternal life. So there is a distinction here. If we're dealing with a spiritual manifestation, can we solely approach it through the fleshly realm and get full revelation? No. You can't just approach spiritual manifestations through a PDF. You have to weigh it. You don't discard studying in the Word, but you have to understand that that is only going to get you so far. Because a lot of people that take issue with tongues, they are not engaging their full spiritual potential based upon prejudice and fear. Prejudice and fear limits you into connecting to the frequency of the Ruach HaKodesh. And we've all experienced fear. We've all been prejudiced against certain things based upon our experiences. But Yahweh wants us to move through that and past that. Ephesians tells us this isn't just a natural fleshly realm that can be approached through breaking down Hebrew words and studying PDFs. You can do that all day and you'll go, oh, it's natural language. It's natural language because you're not willing to see that we are not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against the powers, against the world rulers of this darkness, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. What is the purpose of tongues? It is to edify the body and to break through the natural carnal realm which you could never break through if you were battling flesh against flesh. You get a stalemate. And there are strongholds in people's lives. There are strongholds in families that you can debate you can argue, you can study, and you can pit Bible verse against Bible verse all day long. At some point, you will get into a knocking of heads, and then what? You're stuck. You cannot break through. Tongues enables you to break through strongholds supernaturally and to be able to get revelation and then speak edification into a stalemate situation. It changes the atmosphere. Changes the atmosphere. And that is what Yahuwah wants to train his people to do. And yes, we need to beware. Yes, we need to beware. I'm walking off stage now because... We've been at Sukkot, and my audio frequency is just a little bit too high. Getting a little bit reverb.
I'm still here. I'm adjusting the audio. Right on. We know we've got to do it on the, on the fly here. But I was getting all this echo, you see. It's a spiritual battle. See, I just had to just lower the frequency so I could get a match. And now, does that sound better? Or do you not notice any difference? See, it's me. I'm going, I'm still not perfect. It's still not perfect. That's okay. All right. Now I'm feeling that I'm in the perfect frequency zone. So, with all that, Ephesians 6.12, we have all encountered super dynamic people. We've encountered spiritual manifestations where you can tell and see the reality where somebody is able to pierce the very heavens and change the atmosphere and the dynamics on earth. How do you just write that off? How do you just write that off because of your bad experience, fears, and prejudice? How do you just write off people's genuine experiences and manifestations of tongues along with the ensuing casting out of familiar spirits and devils which are a result of the manifestation of this gift? How do you write that off? Because people do. They say, oh, I'm just going to write off all of that. I've experienced these things and many, many other devout believers that are not mis misguided, not deceived, have experienced these things based upon the word of Yahuwah and discernment. So what do you do with that? Go to a PDF to answer somebody's life? That is not the way we are supposed to do things. How does one write off projectile blue vomit? How do you write that off? How do you write off the physical stranglings and contortions that I've witnessed, that other brethren have witnessed over the years? How do you write that off? You can't tell me that I didn't see projectile blue vomit come out. I cleaned it up on the carpet. It wasn't puke. How do, you, how do you write off when I've seen my arm be contorted and twisted like a corkscrew? And you, I've experienced these things. And it's not only me. And I'm weighed and balanced. And I'm around other people that are weighed and balanced. Yes, we could just write it off. But then we're limiting ourselves. Because the word of Yahweh says that we would do the very things that Yahushua did. And he didn't just sit around and study with the Pharisees and the sages. He cast out devils and he changed people's lives by doing supernatural. Because he was able to connect to the frequency of his father in heaven and manifest it in a material world. And we are able to do that too when we overcome Fear and prejudice. I've been afraid. I have been prejudiced because I've experienced things in the world and maybe in the Pentecostal church and said, well, that's phony. Well, that's fake. But then what do you do when you have legitimate experiences in the Holy Spirit and you're like, well, somebody's lying here. 
But the word of Yahweh is truth. Let every man be a liar. Romans says this in the 8th chapter, the 5th verse, it is written, Or they are after the flesh, mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Ruach, the things of the Ruach. There must be a division between flesh and spirit for us to be able to engage and capture the spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, and bring it down and manifest it in a material world. That means we have got to overcome fear and prejudice. There's always going to be liars. There's always going to be imposters. They lie and they're imposters about the Sabbath. They lie and there's imposters about what you should eat and what you... Everything that we have in this word, people have lied about, they have manufactured, and they have twisted it. But that doesn't mean that we don't keep the Shabbat. That doesn't mean that we don't celebrate holy days together just because people counterfeited and lied about it and they're still doing it today but that does not delegitimize the word of Yahuwah we have to overcome our fears and prejudice not to keep on pounding that nail into a hole but really it's it's a lot of it is that simple there's always going to be liars and imposters that try to make shipwreck of our faith. But surely we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater because of those bad experiences and its ensuing prejudice. Because if we do, we get stuck. John 3, 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Ruach is Ruach. We need to approach the spiritual realm through the Ruach for it to materialize and make way in our natural life. And rabbis and messianics, they just don't like to admit that tongues is in Torah. That its foundation is in the Torah. He um, Numbers, Bar Midbar, chapter 11, verse 23, will turn there first. This isn't a New Testament invention. Now, of course, this section of scripture in Numbers 11.23 comes after the graves of the lust. And there's been this new appointment of the 70 Zachanim, elders of Israel. And in the 23rd verse of the book of Numbers, chapter 11, it is written, And Yahuwah said to Moshe, Is Yahuwah's arm too short? Well, is it? No, it is not. You shall see now whether my word meets you or not. You see, Yahuwah's word can never meet you fully if you approach his word through simply logic and reason. I tried that. Logic, intellect, and reason is part of understanding Yahuwah's word for sure. But his word will never fully connect with you if you limit it to logic, intellect, and reason. You'll end up a rabbi, a Pharisee, or a Sadducee. That doesn't mean that you throw that away, but that is only going to get you so far. And you will draw the conclusion that tongues are simply 
hey, there was a guy who was Ukrainian and we needed to speak to him in Ukrainian. And can that happen? Do I believe that tongues would be used in that event? For sure and for certain. That's the natural earthly manifestation. You are now talking about the tongues of men. But the Bible says the tongues of men and malachim. There's a distinction. Yes, Yahweh will use the tongues of men. I need to talk to somebody in Zulu or Swahili. And you know what? All of a sudden, Matthew's busting out Swahili. I'm up for that. I'm now manifesting the tongues of men, and I'm speaking to a man, and we're going to get some understanding. That's happened. People have testified to that all over the world, specifically in Africa. We see that a lot, even today. Okay? But we cannot negate the tongues of Malachim, the tongues of angels. You shall see now whether my word meets you or not. And Moshe went out. Look what happens. And told the people the words of Yahuwah. And he gathered the 70 men of the Zachanim of the people, the elders of the people, and set them down around the tabernacle. And Yahuwah came down in a cloud and he spoke to him. And look what happens. And he took of the Ruach that was upon him, Moshe, and he gave it to the 70 elders. There was a transference in the natural or the spiritual realm. What was it? There was a transference in the spiritual realm that manifested and affected the earthly realm. That's how tongues work. Now let's look and see what happens. And it came to pass that when the Ruach rested upon them, they prophesied and did not cease. The Hebrew word there for prophesied is extremely important. It's nabah. Nabah. It means to pour forth words of praising, edification, prophecy and songs of divine power sometimes in a language unknown to the speaker tongues now you're going to have to drill down into your lexicons you're going to have to drill down into your paleo and break that down because you're not going to get that in a simple word search in your blue letter bible which is your knee-jerk reaction that's fine. You'll get the simple term of Nabar. But when you look at it and you look at the context of what's going on, this is to pour forth words of praising, edification, prophecy, and songs of divine power, sometimes in a language unknown to the speaker, tongues. Just in the days of ancient Israel, Yahuwah, that's why I want to share it right now after coming off of Sukkot, Yahuwah, re-embraced us at Sukkot this year and instructed us by his Ruach to rebuild a house in the midst of the exile as a bride ready for her Messiah, ready for his presence to be manifest in our lives. And there will always be what? When good things happen, there's always going to be mockers. Well, you're full of new wine. You're full of new wine. What do you do when you get that response? Don't be afraid. Don't fear. 
Romans 8.26. The Ruach makes intercessions with groanings. That is not a language that man understands. Because there's a distinction that people like to gloss over with the Pentecost or the Shavuot manifestation. And say, oh, it was a language of man. That's the tongues of men. But we're going to go into 1 Corinthians 14, and Yahweh is going to show us through his apostle Paul that there is a distinction between the tongues of men, yes, speaking in the natural language, and the tongues of Malachim, angels, which is what we're talking about here. It's groanings. It's groanings that pierce the very veil of heaven that then gives you a frequency match with the Ruach HaKodesh of Yahuwah that then comes down and you can now change and break through strongholds that you could never do through your logic, intellect, and reason. You cannot counsel a familiar spirit. You cannot counsel a demon. You cannot counsel generational iniquity that is so locked up and bound that it actually has physical manifestations on the human body. You cannot simply counsel that through the word of Yahuwah. The word of Yahweh will guide you and light your path. But at some point, you need to have a breakthrough. You'll never get a breakthrough if you've got fear. And I'm not preaching at you. I have vacillated between being fully engaged in the Ruach HaKodesh and then drawing back and having doubts. Fully engaged with the Ruach HaKodesh, drawing back and having doubts. So, this is something that we all have to battle with. 1 Corinthians 12.3 Speaking by the Ruach, tongues. Anyone can say Jesus is master in a known language. By speaking by the Ruach, you call Yahusha master and you cannot call him accursed. Romans 8.26 Tongues help us overcome our infirmities. So now let's turn to 1 Corinthians 14 and just work through it verse by verse and weigh and balance what the word says. Because I admit, this has been used and abused and it's put a whole bunch of us off. But Torah teaches us that tongues was first manifest in Numbers chapter 11 verse 23. And if the Pentecostals hijacked it thousands of years later and perverted it and twisted it, shouldn't we overcome the perversion and get back to the root of the power? Because Yahweh wants to take his Ruach HaKodesh and place it on a mantle of one and then transfer it onto the mantle of another and then transfer it onto the mantle of another, just like he did. Back in Numbers chapter 11, verse 23. So let's put the lies on the chopping block. And let's get rid of the lies. Let's discern through the word of Yahuwah. 1 Corinthians 14 is full of spiritual hokmah, wisdom. How can we deny its power? Because of fear. 
we must get rid of all fear regarding the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. No one with fear can believe. And without truly, earnestly believing, it's impossible to receive any of Yahweh's gift manifestations. Because all spiritual manifestations are received and operated in the individual by believing. Now, how many gifts of the Holy Spirit are there? Anybody? Nine. I don't believe that. And here's the first thing that's going to go on the chopping block. When you receive Yahusha as your sovereign master and savior, he performs Brit Milah Halev, circumcision upon your heart, and the Ruach HaKodesh comes into you. That then is the receiving of the gift. The Holy Spirit is the gift. And here is the analogy. Just as a car needs a battery, once you receive the Holy Spirit, you've received all the power, the battery, the gift. There is one gift, not nine gifts. There is one gift and you all have it if you have received Yahusha as your master and savior. Going back to my analogy, the battery is now in the car. You can sit in that car now and you can go, oh, I'm going to use the wipers. I'm comfortable with that. The gift manifests and gives you a manifestation of the wipers. There's one manifestation, the window wipers. Another brother says, well, I'm, I'm good with the, um, the wipers, the horn, the electric windows. I'm going to manifest all nine manifestations powered by the gift. That's what happens. There is one gift and nine manifestations, and it all happens once the battery gets in the car, which only happens through circumcision of heart. So the first lie on the chopping block that the Pentecostals have taught us is that there's nine gifts. Lie. One gift, the Ruach HaKodesh, nine manifestations. You all have the power through the Ruach HaKodesh to operate the nine manifestations if you will. But if you're afraid of the horn, or if you've got prejudice against the electric windows, and you're just comfortable with the electric wiper, then you'll just hang out with the electric wiper and play with it for the rest of your life. You did have the power, the gift, to put them all on and at the same time, if so be it. Because that's a battery from the Shamaim that will never run down. So there's the first lie that goes on the chopping block. See, we're not getting rid of the word and what it says, but we are recalibrating to biblical truth because the Pentecostal movement, and I'll admit it, and I've got nothing against the Pentecosts. Or the Pentecostals. But we must recalibrate to truth. That's the first thing that goes on the chopping block. It is the consistent deep knowledge of the spiritual you that Yahweh wants to connect. It is the consistent deep knowledge of the spiritual you, 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 that Yahweh wants to connect. And when you do that, you are going to root out all fear in your life. 
Yahweh wants to root out all fear. And you know what? Your soul is never going to root out all the fear in you. Your fleshly self is certainly going to try and hide it. But when you connect to the spiritual you, that spiritual you will root out all the fear in your life and you will be a powerhouse for Yahuwah and break through in your family in ways that you have never been able to break through. Never. 1 Corinthians 14.1 Follow after Ahava, love, yet desire earnestly the spiritual gift, but rather that ye may prophesy. So, we see in the first verse, love sets free the spiritual manifestations. Love sets free the spiritual manifestations, even tongues. But the purpose, as we'll see, is to prophesy as prophecy brings about edification. At the end of the day, Yahuwah wants the body to be edified. Yahuwah wants to edify you in your prayer closet. And there is a way that that happens, and it is through tongues. Tongues is not the be-all and end-all. Its purpose is two-part. What you do in your personal prayer life or your prayer closet, tongues are to edify you. So that you can go out fully built up as a powerhouse to edify brothers and sisters. But when we are in the assembly together, then tongues purpose is to edify the body of believer. It is not a babble show. There's another thing that goes on the chopping block. For he that speaketh in a tongue speaketh not unto men. What? So now this is dealing with the PDF crew that says, oh, it's just about, hey, there was a guy that was Ukrainian in the audience and we needed to speak to him in Ukrainian. Well, hang on a minute. That's not what it says here. For he that speaketh in a tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto Elohim. Because no man understandeth, but in the Ruach he speaketh mysteries. There's a division. 1 Corinthians 14.2 is not talking about the tongues of men. Yes, there's a purpose for the tongues of men. Ukrainian to Ukrainian, Swahili to Swahili. You didn't know Swahili, you got the tongues of men, you were able to minister to a man who understood Swahili. Yes, that is part of it. But the part that we do not want to sweep under the rug, that everybody tries to pretend doesn't exist, is that there is the tongues of angels that no man, what does it say? Excuse me? No man understandeth. So does that mean... That if I speak in the tongues of angels, I'm waiting for a Pentecostal brother to give an interpretation. Is that possible? That's a lie. That's a lie. If I speak in the tongues of angels, another brother cannot give the interpretation. That is fake. It's a lie and it's phony. And it's prevalent in the Pentecostal movement. And it's put us all off. Because I had a brother who was down at Sukkot and he said, yeah, I've gone into Pentecostal churches and I don't believe in tongues of angels and I fake tongues and they've given an interpretation. So now he doesn't believe. 
made a shipwreck of his faith when it comes to this particular manifestation based upon prejudice, lies, and deception. You were supposed to give the interpretation and prophesy to the person and edify them, but you couldn't because you knew that you were counterfeiting it for another purpose. But then some liar in the assembly who didn't trust Yahuwah wanted to give you a false interpretation so that he could be built up in the sight of men. Lies upon lies upon lies upon lies make shipwreck of our faith. But the word of Yahuwah says different. For he that speaketh in a tongue speaketh not unto men. But unto Elohim, for no man, no means no, no man understandeth. But the Ruach, he speaketh mysteries. Did you get that? Tongues are not for speaking unto men, but Yahuwah. Men are not supposed to interpret another man's tongue, because no man understandeth. The Ruach gives the understanding to the speaker so that he can receive personal edification if he's at home in his private prayer life or if he's in public to edify the body. Men won't understand or give an interpretation because in the spirit he's speaking mysteries. 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 The counterfeit we have seen in the Pentecostal movement is accepting men's accolades instead of pressing into Yahuwah and hearing from the Ruach. You accepted a man's accolades and you needed to be validated before men. That's not faith. That's fear. The third verse says, but he that prophesieth speaketh unto men edification, exhortation, and consolation. After the tongue comes, the prophecy, and the prophecy is spoken unto men. He that speaketh in a tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. So here we go again. At home in your prayer closet, tongues build you up and edify your spirit man. This is good. In the congregational setting, they are for bypassing your understanding and connecting to Yahuwah so you can in turn prophesy and edify to the believer in front of you. The tongue builds up the speaker in the Ruach so he or she is able to eventually hear from the Ruach and prophesy to edify the body. This takes training and it takes development. It's called faith in practice. Tongues edify the speaker and bypass his understanding. Speaking to Elohim, not man, so you and I can better minister to and edify the brethren in order to better build up the assembly. So how does it work? 
It's not some kind of art. It is truly the manifestation of Yahweh's presence. But it's been perverted. So, somebody's before me, somebody's before you. And we want to pray for them. But there's so much going on in our mind. First of all, we've got to overcome the fear. You could be thinking about all kinds of things. So, you start to speak in tongues. It bypasses your imagination. You'll get a frequency match with the Ruach HaKodesh. The Ruach HaKodesh then will impart revelation unto you. And then, because you spoke the tongue, bypassed your imagination, were able to connect with the Ruach HaKodesh, frequency match. Yahweh then, through the Ruach HaKodesh, gives you revelation. And you speak that out in a human tongue to edify the person in front of you. Then, when, there's a change. What was the purpose? To bypass your imagination, connect with Yahuwah, open up and get a frequency from heaven to then speak out and prophesy into the person's life. Prophesy words of comfort, building up, edification, conviction, all kinds of things. That's the purpose. But that's a congregational setting. At home, you may get up early in the morning. And you may just want to sing in tongues to Yahuwah, or you may just want to pray in tongues to Yahuwah, because you want to be built up. You want to be edified by the Holy Spirit. And you want to bypass your imagination, and you just want to speak unto Yahuwah and feel the Ruach HaKodesh well up in you. So you're edified, so that you can then go out into the world, built up as a believer, as a saint, and you are now stronger and you are fully equipped now to go out and deal with everything that hits you. Sin, evil, darkness. And when somebody you meet, you've already been built up. You're equipped for ministry. So there's a twofold purpose, a private purpose and a public purpose. When you're at home and there's no one around and you're speaking in tongues, do you need an interpretation? No, you don't. Because the Ruach HaKodesh will edify you through the speaking of tongues publicly what do you do you bypass your imagination with the speaking of tongues the ruach hakodesh will then through training and faith its development's not going to happen immediately you'll have to step out in faith and develop it and you'll make some mistakes through development and training and faith the Ruach HaKodesh will then impart a word of knowledge wisdom or understanding to you that you will then speak in a human language to edify the person before you but if a man drunk jumps up and then tries to give you an interpretation of the tongue that you gave that is the counterfeit that's gone on the chopping block we've already discovered that does this make sense so far okay 1 Corinthians 14, 5. Now, I would have you all speak with tongues, but rather that ye should prophesy. And greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret that the assembly may receive edification. The result of tongues Edification through a prophetic word in the public setting is greater than the tongue itself. Meaning the tongues is an instrument of edification in your prayer closet, personally, to others when you hear the Ruach and thus you prophesy publicly. It's twofold. It's supernatural. Now, 
for you to stand before people publicly and to speak in tongues and to overcome that fear, you need to have spent some serious time in your prayer closet doing it, right? First, you've got to learn to crawl before you can run. See? And the problem is we have not been trained in this because of the counterfeit. And therefore, we like we shut ourselves down. And I've done it myself too. And if it wasn't for the experience of true tongues in my life when I was 25, I wouldn't have been able to push through. But I always went back to like, well, I know that was a real experience in my life. And I, 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 I reason and logic, it just, you, you're like, what do you do with that? And then subsequently, over my years of faith, I've seen some pretty miraculous things happen. But I have also had doubts, read the PDFs, been with the rabbis, and said, well, maybe I was deceived. <sighs> but you shall know them by their... And the amount of good fruit that has come through implementing 1 Corinthians 14 in my life. Now, I'm mature enough in the faith to say, you know what? If people tune off and call me whatever, you know what? It will be a small thing. I've been called far worse. And now I'm ready to roll because I have spent time at home in my prayer closet speaking in tongues. And it is what it is, right? And quite honestly, I've been testified in and upheld by others recently at Sukkot that encouraged me to step forward more. And I'm like, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Right? It's okay. So let's continue on in the sixth verse. But now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you? Unless I speak to you either by way of revelation or of knowledge or of prophesying or of teaching. So the primary purpose is thus revelation, which is prophecy, which edifies, teaches and equips. The primary purpose of tongues is not to make a spectacle of yourself. It's not showmanship. It is not for another brother or sister to fake out your tongue because you don't have the connection with Yahweh because you doubt that you need to get approval from men, which is where the Pentecostal church and another man interpreting your tongue came from. The reality of it is, if it's authentic, through training at home in your prayer closet, you will get the connection with Yahuwah, the Ruach HaKodesh, will impart into your spirit man and woman a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, a word of edification that you will speak in a human language that will powerfully impact and change the person's life before you. That's how it, that's how it works because the word is alive. You've just pierced the veil of heaven. Yahweh knows those children of his that are earnestly seeking to pierce that veil. And he knows those children of his who said, no, I'm limited. I cannot go there. I've got to just stay with intellect, logic, and reason, and that's enough for me. Well, then you, you, you've met your measure. 
I want all that Yahweh has for me. And that means that I may fall down along the way and make a fool of myself. And guess what? I'll be a fool for Yahuwah. And those that are willing to be a fool for Yahuwah too, come join me. And I think we'll be okay together, right? At this point, I'm too far down the road to turn back. We're all here together. <laughs> We're all here together. Tinfoil hats and all. First Corinthians 14, the seventh verse it is written, even things without life, giving a voice, whether pipe or harp, if they give not a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? So all creation, this we discovered at Sukkot, all creation has a frequency voice. And if you can match it, it'll sing, sing back to you. You can tell them to be quiet. And Yahushua said, even the rocks, I know the frequency that my father spoke and made that creation. I'll match that frequency because me and my father are one. And those rocks, they'll speak right back to me. Because everything that was created came through Yahuwah's voice. Therefore, even the trees will sing in the future. Because Yahushua said, I know the frequency that my father spoke to create those trees. Therefore, I'll match the frequency and they'll sing right back to us. And sometimes when you're singing in tongues, you'll get a frequency match with angels and they'll sing right back to you and you will then go forth in edification or you'll just stay home and float around your house because you are edified in the spirit. Tongues match the Holy Spirit and thus you hear back from the Holy Spirit in your spirit and thus you edify believers. For if the trumpet give an uncertain voice, who shall prepare himself for war? So if the shofar give an uncertain voice, and we heard a few um, uncertain voices coming from shofars and we're like, man, I don't think they sounded like that back when they were going around Jericho. It sounds like somebody strangling a camel. I mean, it's amazing what the kind of shofars that we've got out here in the exile. I met a brother at Sukkot and I thought his shofar was amazing, but it was a piece of seaweed. It really was. It was one of those tubular things, it, but it gave a great sound. Your shofar is made out of bronze, right? It's a ram's horn, it's a, but it's made out of bronze, isn't it? That's the shofar of judgment right there. So, yeah, we've seen some amazing shofars over the years, but a lot of them do, do sound like a camel being strangled, don't they? <laughs> right, right. But... Seriously, just like a musical instrument that makes a sound at first, you'll, have, you, you'll, you'll be a little bit uncertain. <laughs> You're like, oh, is this? I mean, you'll be uncertain of the new voice that the Spirit gives you. But with development and training, you'll become certain of your prophetic ability. So don't give up. Ye also... Verse 9, unless ye utter by the tongue speech easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken? For ye will be speaking into the air. Meaning only through revelation comes edification. Only through revelation 
comes edification. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and no kind is without signification. So every person has a different tongue. Every person's tongue sounds different, and each is significant to him or her. Don't compare yourself with others. You are prophetically unique. If then I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be to him that speaketh a barbarian, and he that speaketh will be a barbarian unto me. So unless you understand through revelation, you won't be able to edify, and then it veys into barbarian, meaning foreign. With no understanding. You're standing before somebody and you're busting out tongues, but you don't edify them? It's unto barbarian in. It's foreign to them. The purpose publicly is edification. There's the Pentecostal perversion. They don't bring forth the edification. They've got somebody else standing up, faking an interpretation which it validates the person that either faked the tongues or didn't have the prophetic connection because they didn't develop it enough through faith, trust, and working with the Ruach HaKodesh. They relied upon the approval of men, and therefore their faith is squashed and limited. They put a cap, and they're never able to connect that is not our example. And that's why people have such a problem with tongues. Because it has been perverted. And there's been lies, manipulation, and deception. Follow the scripture and get the connection. The 12th verse says thus. So also ye, since you are zealous of the spiritual gift... And the spiritual manifestations seek that ye may abound unto edifying the assembly. I mean, Paul really has to keep drilling this home. It's edification, 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 edification. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in a tongue pray that he may interpret. Here's the kicker. Pray he, the speaker, may interpret. The Greek word here is chais. It's chais. It means one and the same. One and the same. The speaker does the interpreting. None of this Pentecostal nonsense where somebody pretends to interpret that makes shipwreck of our faith. 1 Corinthians 14 Verse 13 is very clear. So the question arises, what about the fake tongues? Well, if we ask Yahuwah for um, bread, the manifestations of the gift, will he give us a stone? No. If we truly ask him for the gift and the manifestations that come with the gift, he's not going to give us fake tongues. He's not going to do that. Just because other people are connected to the wrong frequencies 
and serving and looking for the approval of men doesn't mean that that's going to make a shipwreck of my faith when I have the confidence of the Holy Spirit in me and the discernment and the instructions of the word right out before me. And I'm surrounded by a body of believers that are mature and balanced and able to edify one another through the manifestation of this wonderful, wonderful impartation. Tongues is the only gift or the only manifestation, I should say, Scripture mentions that will build up the believer. And don't we need to be built up? We do in this day and age. Anything that is obtained through the five senses, taste, touch, seeing, smelling, and hearing in, in this world is in the senses world, and it relates to what? The flesh, the soul. John 3, 6. That which is born is flesh, and that which is born of the Ruach is Ruach. If you want your spirit man to be built up, you're going to have to connect with Yahweh, not through the five senses, but through the spirit. That's how your spirit man and woman is built up. You're just going through a PDF and just a study. That's not to negate that, but that is only connecting with the natural realm, the senses realm. And at some point, you're going to need a supernatural charge to deal with what Yahweh wants to um, um, fulfill in your life, your full potential. The Bible, in its own realm, is in the senses world. You see it, you touch it, and you hear it. So it builds up the soul. And eventually, if you fill yourself with just that, knowledge puffs up. You'll become a judge of your brother, a judge of your sister, and you will sit in judgment. And you will become one of the 70 elders that actually then later on, like you said, turned into the Pharisees and the Sadducees that ended up crucifying the master of glory. So its end result, if you don't access heaven, is that you are limited to the five senses world. That doesn't mean we don't study to show yourself approved, but you don't just stay there because you'll become puffed up and a judge of your brethren. Tongues is the only manifestation Yahweh ever gave to edify the Ruach. My spirit needs to be edified. Doesn't your spirit need to be edified? It certainly does. Scripture records Satan spirits possessing people to prophesy, but never tongues. Jeremiah 2.8 and Ezekiel 13.17. Speaking in tongues is always an act of human will. If you don't will it, you don't desire it, it won't happen. The Ruach HaKodesh never does the speaking. Acts chapter 2 verse 4. And oftentimes I'll be praying for somebody in tongues and the Ruach HaKodesh will give me a word or an insight for edification. And I may say, thus saith the Ruach HaKodesh, because it is coming now through that confirmation through unto edification. Because I was able to bypass my busy, 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 busy understanding and mind, connect with the Ruach HaKodesh and hear that still, small voice that oftentimes escapes us all because we, our minds are going a bazillion miles a minute, right? Oh, what's he going to think of me? What's she going to think of me? Oh my goodness. And we're in the natural senses realm, even in study. 
before I approach the word of Yahweh, oftentimes I will connect through the spiritual realm because otherwise I'm going to limit myself too. Because I need to hear the still small voice when I prepare to teach the word of Yahweh for Shabbat. Tongues make it possible. They make it possible for Yahweh to communicate to our very Ruachim spirits that which our minds do not comprehend. That which our minds do not comprehend. Fourteenth verse. For if I pray in a tongue, my Ruach, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. Bypass the mind. What is it then? I will pray in the spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with the understanding also. Else if thou bless with the spirit, how shall he that filleth the place of the unlearned say amen at giving thy thanks? Seeing him he knoweth not what thou sayest, eventually mature enough to bring forth edification through prophecy is the point. Eventually you're mature enough because Yahweh ultimately wants to edify the body. Give the understanding. Don't just leave them there. Give the understanding. That's not going to happen overnight. You're not just going to get the manifestation of tongues and be able to go up publicly in front of everybody and do that. But through you walking in faith in your own devout prayer time and you now training through the Spirit and the Spirit training you and building up your confidence in the Spirit, you will begin to see because you'll get the Spirit testify and build you up in the morning and you'll know, oh, you'll feel the change. And it will then increase your faith that eventually through that training and through that trust and that overcoming of the fear inside of us all, Yahweh will testify and the Ruach HaKodesh will testify to your Ruach and you'll know and you'll be ready to go out and take it to the next level. And that's how Yahweh wants to develop us all. But first we learn to crawl. And then we get up and we walk a step or two and we fall flat on our face. And you know what? If you're going to be around a bunch of people that are going to judge you and condemn you, then guess what? You're not going to ever, ever, ever reach your full potential. What we were able to experience at Sukkot, even though there were many people, because it's flipped conversely on us, 95% of Torah to the tribes is scattered in the nations. 5% of us, if that, are here locally. And therefore, people are coming in from all over the nations. And not everybody has got exactly the same doctrine, but what there was was there wasn't judgment, there wasn't vying or jockeying for position, there was truly an anointing, and even with the differences, there was honor and respect and mutual understanding. Therefore, people were able to operate the manifestations in their life that Yahweh had them. And therefore, it brought great edification to the body, 
I have never experienced that in ministry to that effect. And I am so proud of what Yahuwah is doing with his people through this ministry. That, to me, testified and it was worth all the labor of the past 15 years. All the labor. Because Yahuwah is working in his people in spite of me. That is amazing to me. Because... We hadn't met many of the people that came to Sukkot ever in our lives. And they show up with organs and guitars and voices and prophecy and tongues. And, and we're like, wow, Father. And guess what? There were people that believed that the earth was flat. People that believed that the earth was a globe. You know, I'm not going to slide that in whenever I can. There were people that believed in the speaking of tongues. And people were like, no. And was there any argument and contention? We had two people up in front of everybody. And they were talking about the calendar. And they honored and respected each other. And they weren't on the same calendar. That's a miracle. Honor. We are now finally walking in kingdom honor because Yahuwah toppled a Nicolaitan system and turned it into a funnel. That whew, gathering from the nations for spiritual healing. That's what's happening. It's bigger than you and me. But tongues did come up and I thought, oh, this is a great opportunity to address it. Let's continue on. 14th. Chapter 17th verse. For thou verily givest thanks well, but the other is not edified. I thank Elohim, Paul says, that I speak with tongues more than you all. How bet in the assembly I had rather speak five words with my understanding that I might instruct others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. So the point is, Communication with man must be through the tongues of men. Communication with man must be through the tongues of men. Not angels. This does not mean you don't speak with the tongues of angels. Because the tongues of angels bypasses your human mind and connects with the Holy Spirit. Then you get the frequency match, you get the revelation, and then communicate it through the tongues of men as prophecy for the purpose of edification. This is the conduit service to the heavens that Yahweh is bringing forth to his people that are now seasoned in Torah-balanced maturity. It is Ruach and truth. This is the days of Elijah because he wants to break through the strongholds in my life, in your life, in the life of the, your loved ones. And you can debate, you can pit verse against verse, you can argue all you want, and you can judge one another with the word of Yahweh and use it as sword to cut each other to pieces. But if we don't bandage one another up, through edification, then what is it all for? Yahweh's taking us into a new season. He's allowing us to connect with heaven through the operation of the gift of tongues. And that's just one part. It's all about maturity and being well seasoned in the word and wanting it and desiring it and wanting to overcome our fears. So it's a natural work of maturity and progression. 
Because I believe Yahweh wants to take us to the next season, which is to edify 144,000 coming in from the nations. And together, that's a powerhouse of supernatural frequency that pierces the very veils of heaven. The 20th verse says thus, Brethren, grow up. Be not children in your thinking. Stinking thinking. Be not children in your mind. Yet in malice be ye babes, but in mind be men. In the Torah it is written by men of strange tongues, and by the lips of strangers will I speak unto this people, and not even thus will they hear me, saith Yahweh. Wherefore, here's an important verse, wherefore tongues are for a sign not to them that believe, but to the unbelieving. But prophecy is for a sign not to the unbelieving, but to them that believe. Tongues are a sign of divine authority to the lost. Prophecy is a sign to the believer only because there has to be a Holy Spirit confirmation in the other believer that testifies as truth. The unbeliever cannot discern this part, can they? If therefore the whole assembly be assembled together and all speak with tongues, and there come in men unlearned or unbelieving, will they not say that you're a bunch of nutters? That's my paraphrase right there. Yes. How many of us have walked into a tent revival? Now, I used to do it for sport because I like to be like, all right, let's just go find a tent revival because it was an experience. But, you know, many have walked in Pentecostal churches and gone, oh, my goodness, this is insane. I can't wait to get out. I've sat in Pentecostal church with my skin crawling. Like, this is not of Yahweh. This is totally not. Oh, I've got to leave. Oh, man, this is crazy. Oh, I can't believe that. I totally... I've done that too. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. It's fake. It's phony. Not all. But we're putting some of these things on the chopping block so that you can see and expose the lies but not negate the truth of this manifestation. Tongues are a sign of divine authority to the lost. And prophecy is a sign to the believer only because there has to be a Holy Spirit confirmation in the other believer that testifies to this truth. And of course, the unbeliever cannot discern this part. If therefore, the verse says, 23, the whole assembly be assembled together and all speak with tongues and there come in men unlearned or unbelieving, will they not say that you are mad? Yes, because disorder breeds confusion and confusion fosters unbelief. Disorder breeds confusion, and confusion fosters unbelief and makes shipwreck of the manifestations in your life. And that's where many of us have ended up in the Torah movement because we've now approached the Bible through just the five senses because we have seen the counterfeit and said, I don't want anything to do with that. And then you write it all off. 
And then you spend your life reading PDFs based upon deep study and you approach tongues from a PDF point of view and therefore you cap heaven. Because you were afraid. Because you did see a counterfeit. Because you were lied to. I was lied to too. I saw the counterfeits too. But if I can press through to get the revelation of truth and discern, then so can you. It's time for us all to grow up, isn't it? And to overcome the fears that we have as children in the faith. Because we are now mighty men of Yahuwah, mighty women of Yahuwah in this day and age. But if all prophesy, verse 24, and there come in one unbelieving or unlearned, is he reproved by all? He is judged by all. The secrets of his heart are made manifest. And so he will fall down on his face and worship Yahuwah, declaring that Yahuwah is among you indeed. Notice here the difference from verse 22. Because in verse 22, Paul actually stated the converse, didn't he? Right? So what's going on here? For prophecy to become a sign to the unbeliever, it must be performed and confirmed by more than one person, the all, the one voice. See how that's been counterfeited? For prophecy to become a sign to the unbeliever, because the unbeliever doesn't have the Holy Spirit to discern, does it? So for the unbeliever, to be changed for the unbeliever, for the, it to become a sign to the unbeliever, it must be performed and confirmed by more than one person. That is the all, the one voice. And then, when that one voice from multiple witnesses pierces the heart of the unbeliever, then there's a transformation and a change. Verse 26. What is it then, brethren? When you come together, each one have a psalm, have a teaching, have a revelation, have a tongue, have an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edification. If any man speaketh in a tongue, let it be by two or at the most three, and that in turn, and let one interpret. Let at least one interpret what or he or she spoke so that edification takes place. Meaning, say four people get up and four people just start busting out tongues. Is that acceptable? Yes. But at least one of them must now be able to give edification through the tongue to the body. Otherwise, the purpose, meaning it was out of order. Right? But that doesn't mean that three people can't get up and speak a tongue in the assembly as long as at least one brings forth the interpretation of edification for either an individual or the assembly because Yahuwah's ultimate goal is to edify the body. When you're at home privately, you're still part of the body. Yahuwah wants to edify your spirit woman, your spirit man. And when you're in the public assembly, Yahuwah wants to edify the body. That's Yahuwah's heart for his people. But he doesn't want to just build up your flesh. He doesn't just want to build up your soul. Those are the senses realm. And for him to really build up your spirit 
quick, immediate, fast, instantaneous. You've got to do the supernatural to connect with Yahweh for it to come down. You'd be like, and you shall know them by their fruits. There's nothing to be afraid because the Ruach HaKodesh in you will confirm the Ruach HaKodesh in another. And then if you go somewhere where they're, where they're doing it in deception, you'll get the heebie-jeebies and you'll be like, that's not right. That's not right. And we've all experienced that. The 28th verse says thus, If there be no interpreter, let him keep silence then in the assembly and let him speak to himself and to Elohim. This is talking again about conduct in the assembly, which always points to edification of the body, not the individual, which is different than when you're at home in your prayer closet. And let the prophets speak by two or three, and let the others discern. But if revelation be made to another sitting by, let the first keep silent. For all ye can prophesy one by one, that they may all learn and all be exhorted. So again, order is key, is it not? Order is key. And the Ruachs of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For Elohim is not an Elohim of confusion, but of shalom, as in all the assemblies of the saints. Let the woman keep silent in the assembly, for it is not permitted unto them to speak. Let them be in subjection, as also saith the Torah. Now, did Moses let his sister speak and prophesy? Or did he say, Miriam, sit down, shut up, you cannot speak to the assembly. Did Yahuwah say to Deborah, sit down, shut up, and don't speak publicly to Israel? Did Yahuwah say to Yael, no, we don't find that in the Torah, that women are to be quiet and shut up. This is a male chauvinist doctrine that was birthed, of course, back in the medieval ages. This is talking about the woman. Look at it in the Greek. The woman. There was a particular woman that was a loud mouth in the assembly that needed to be restrained. With duct tape. And then when she got home, in the privacy of her own home... She should then have asked the questions to her husband, and that could have been discussed and brought forth. It is about order. This is not about stealing the voice of powerful women. This is not about stealing the voice of powerful women. A particular woman, not women in general. This, of course, is addressing a particular woman in the assembly. Verse 35, and if they would learn anything, let them ask their own husbands at home. For it is shameful for a woman to speak in the assembly. What was it from you, from the word of Yahweh went forth or came unto you alone? Order in the congregation. The word of Elohim, again, is to go forth to the whole body in the congregational setting. It's not the place for one individual to interrupt the flow of the word to speak out. That's not how it's to be. 
If any man thinketh himself to be a prophet or spiritual, verse 37, let him take knowledge of the things which I write unto you, that they are the commandment of the master. But if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. Wherefore, my brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues, but let all things be done decently and in order. 1 Corinthians 14 is weighed and balanced with Numbers chapter 11, verse 23. I hope that this teaching just brings again edification and clarification. Because, yes, we've all had doubts. We have all seen the lies. We've seen the corruption. But we should not throw the baby out with the bathwater when Yahweh is legitimately trying to allow his people to connect with heaven. Because our spirits, firstly, need to be edified in private. So that then we can be built up and equipped for ministry to go out and edify the body of believers with whatever manifestation that Yahweh has for you. When Yahweh gave you the Holy Spirit because you accepted Yahushua, you received the gift. Now is the time to operate the manifestations. You can operate all nine if you will it. But if you don't, you won't. But you can. That doesn't mean that you have to. I've got an electric um, aerial on my car. I don't use it ever. I could. I don't. It doesn't serve a purpose for me. And you may come to the decision, well, you know, I don't want to play a stringed instrument. It does not serve a purpose. That's not my manifestation calling. That's okay. Can you? Can the Ruach HaKodesh teach you? Can you? Yes. Because you've received the gift that empowers and manifests it all. All at the same time, if you so be it. I hope this does edify and bring clarification because people have legitimate questions. And we've all seen the misuse and abuse of the word of Yahuwah. But we have to move past that. 1 Corinthians 14 is our proof text for being weighed and balanced. But it's rooted in Numbers chapter 11 verse 23. Nabah. To speak forth words of prophecy and edification in a tongue that is sometimes unheard of of those listening because it is actually the tongues of angels and not men and it can pierce the very veil of heaven i've got part two and three of this because i eventually is going to connect back to the one new man in the building of the tabernacle because yahweh said that we're in the days where the fallen tabernacle of David is going to be raised up, and that means there's going to be an ingathering from the nations. We got to experience that at Sukkot, just a small glimpse, and already we're like, oh, we may have to get a different feast site next year because are we even going to be able to sustain 
the ingathering. Well, the Bible says no. It says that you're going to have to lengthen the cords. You're going to have to expand the tank pets because it's going to happen fast. Because if this could happen over a three-month period, what could happen in a year? Yahweh only knows, but we've seen amazing things happen in a very short time. Because the days are short. We should not waste them with our fears and our double-mindedness. Amen? Amen. Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah.